Esther chapter 7 verse 1. So the king and Haman came to banquet with Esther the queen. 2. And the king said again unto Esther on the second day, at the banquet of wine, Whatever thy petition, Queen Esther, it shall be granted thee, and whatever thy request, even to the half of the kingdom, it shall be performed. Now this is the third time that the king has told this to Esther. He's absolutely promised her she will get whatever she wants, even if it's half of the kingdom. And remember, the king loves Esther for multiple reasons. She's the most beautiful face, the most beautiful body, the most humble and meek spirit. She isn't arrogant, and she doesn't try to control men with her beauty. But on top of all that, she risked her life to see the king. And that is the opposite of what Vashti did. Vashti refused to see the king. But Esther laid her neck on the line to see him. And now he is forever madly in love with her. He'll do anything for her because she was willing to do anything for him. And his loyalty is set in stone for life. 3. Then Esther the queen answered and said, If I have found favor in thy sight, O king, and if it please the king, let my life be given me at my petition and my people at my request. She is telling him that her life is in danger and she's asking him to save her life. This is an amazing twist of events because she was willing to die to see him and then he told her that he would give her anything she wanted and now she's simply saying, All I ask is that you let me live. His heart must have really melted and he must have been really shocked and surprised at the same time. 4. For we are sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be slain, and to perish. But if we had been sold for bondmen and bondwoman, I had held my peace, for the adversary is not worthy that the king be in and damaged. She's now saying, If only we had been sold into slavery, I wouldn't have said anything to you. I wouldn't have asked you for anything, because it wouldn't have been worth it to go against my enemy. But because we're sold to death, and we're actually going to all die, that's why I have troubled you to ask you for help. And that also is so humble, saying that she's only bothered him because it's a life and death matter, and she wouldn't have bothered him for anything less. That is an amazing statement of humility. See how she's so opposite from Vashti, and Mordecai is so opposite from Haman. Haman wanted to elevate himself, and so did Vashti. But Mordecai wanted to save the king's life, and Esther only wanted to save her people's life. 5. Then spoke the king Ahasuerus, and said unto Esther the queen, Who is he, and where is he, that durst presume in his heart to do so? She has told the king that there's an enemy of her people, and the king says, who is this enemy? I want to know. Now, who is the enemy of the church? That is Satan himself and all of his minions. Esther represents the church, and Haman represents Satan. Haman wants to kill all of Esther's people, just as Satan wants the entire church to persecute Christians so that they can't spread the gospel around the world. That's why so many people in all kinds of countries get punished and even killed for being Christians. 6. And Esther said, An adversary and an enemy, even this wicked Haman. Then Haman was terrified before the king and the queen. So at this point, Haman is so scared because he sees the love that the king has for Mordecai and now he sees the love 
that the king has for Esther, who has now said that Mordecai is one of her people. Haman is really sweating bullets and afraid for his life. Doesn't this just make you laugh? This is so great. And one of these days, Satan is also going to feel this way when he sees that fire that's waiting for him, that eternal fire that will come after Judgment Day. 7. And the king arose in his wrath from the banquet of wine and went into the palace garden. The king immediately stood up and walked out of the room. He wanted to think of a just punishment for Haman. So he walked out of the room to gather his thoughts. But Haman remained to make request for his life to Esther the queen, for he saw that there was evil determined against him by the king. Now Haman, he knows that the king is steaming mad and will not reason or negotiate with him. So Haman thinks, well, I'm going to turn to the weaker one, who is Queen Esther. She's weaker and probably more sympathetic. If I can get her on my side within the next five seconds, maybe she will tell the king to be soft on me and not kill me. And so that's what Haman is thinking. He's going to appeal to the weaker party to try to get Esther fighting for his life. 8. Then the king returned out of the palace garden into the place of the banquet of wine. The king has been walking for a couple of minutes, completely livid, and he decides to go back to Haman and Esther and address this situation. And Haman was fallen upon the couch whereon Esther was. In ancient times, and even back in like the 1700s, wealthy women had couches. That's where the term couch came from. They had a kind of half bed, half bench, half seat, where they could lay down and recline and show off their beautiful bodies in front of company. Also in ancient times, they may have eaten laying down, just as Jesus and the disciples did during the Last Supper. They actually ate laying down, propped up on their elbows, laying on their sides. Esther and the king, they may be having this entire banquet on couches. But Haman has fallen at Esther's feet to beg for his life. But to the king, it doesn't look that way. It doesn't look that he's fallen at her feet to beg for his life. It looks like he is molesting her and getting ready to rape her when the king comes back. So this is another comic twist, another misunderstanding. Haman has no intention of raping the queen or touching her in a sexual way at all. But that's what it looks like when the king returns to the room. In a comic movie, the way this would play out is Haman would intend on falling down at her feet, but he would trip on the carpet on the way and he'd end up falling straight into her bosom. You know, that's how they would play it out in a comedy. And in real life, that may have happened. Then said the king, Will he even force the queen before me in the house? As the word went out of the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. The king is never alone. There's always multiple attendants in a room. So he's got bodyguards. He has other attendants. And when somebody is going to get killed, they get their head covered. That way, the executioner doesn't have to look at them. And it makes it easier for the executioner to kill them. So everybody knows by instinct, Haman's life is over. Cover his face. They can all read the king's mind at this point. They know how this is going to end. At the same time that the guards are grabbing him and pulling him off of the queen by the arms, there's somebody else putting the black hood on his face so that the executioner can be called. And that also is comic. You can imagine that like in a Bugs Bunny cartoon or something, how quickly they would bag his head. This is one book that you can laugh through the whole thing, and that's what God expects you to do. And 
when judgment day comes and Satan and his minions are thrown into everlasting fire, you and I are going to be laughing very, very hard. 9. Then said Harbona, one of the chamberlains that were before the king, Behold also the gallows fifty cubits high, which Haman hath made for Mordecai, who spoke good for the king, standeth in the house of Haman. And the king said, Hang him thereon. Another comic twist. The gallows that Haman had made for Mordecai, one of the servants knows about it and says, Hey, by the way, there is a gallows ready right now that Haman had built for your friend Mordecai who saved your life. The king instantly knows what to do. Hang Haman on it. 10. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then was the king's wrath assaged. Now you would think this is the end of the story. But it isn't the end, because remember, that law was written for the month of Adar, where all of Haman's people can attack all of the Jews and kill them. So the story isn't over. That needs to be resolved. But at this point, there's a lot to celebrate. Haman is dead. And that concludes Esther chapter 7.